This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, January 28th, and this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. We have a whole bunch of names to get to in hopes of helping out our fantasy squads at the tail end of week 15 and the start of week 16. I'm joined as always, or perhaps I should say as often, by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wire column for NBC Sports Edge, and Steve Alexander, who I assume is on top of the world today from the combo of having talked to the voice of the Hawks, Bob Rathman, on this very podcast on Thursday, and Trey Young being named an all-star starter. Steve, your cup, I assume, runneth over. (laughs) Absolutely, and I won our little FanDuel match last night. So, wow. I mean, really, I've got like $9 in my pocket, (laughs) Bobby and I hanging out yesterday, and I mean, could could things be any better in my world? straight... Straight to the deli to buy a hoagie with that nine bucks, huh? Nine dollars. <laughs> uh, Matt, I'm going to kick things off before you get to Jonas real quick with a with a viewer comment that I think is incredibly appropriate. Congratulations on getting the intro right, bro. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. You did thank it. you. Thank you. If you weren't here on Wednesday watching live with us, I... We have a little video intro that you roll like before, just a little music and the logo, and then we hit the go live button while that's playing. And on Wednesday, I just hit the go live button without the intro, and Raf and I were looking at each other like, not sure what had happened. Uh, it was, it was good times. It was good times. And then my intro, and then my internet went out about thirty seconds after that when my dog kicked the cord. So. All in all, a great. We got off to an incredible start on Wednesday. R- Is really that when great you got stuff. you did the podcast on your knees, holding the plug into the back of your modem? Is that- I had to. Yes, I hardwired the computer. The plug had broken, and I had to hold in the plug for the entire thirty-minute episode on Wednesday. A little behind the scenes uh, for anyone listening. Great times. Okay, so we we got the intro done. We did it. I'm proud of all of us, Jonas. Waiver Wired column is either up or about to be up. I was thinking maybe we start with the law firm of Coffee and Canard, Amir and Luke of the LA Clippers. Yeah. Your thoughts on these guys lately, Jonas? Yeah, it's actually weird. The percent of people that actually rostered Coffee went down in like the last week because we had like he had like one dud. But if you look at the 10 game stretch, he's ranked inside the top 45. He leads all Clippers in fantasy value in that stretch. He's at 16.7 points. 3.7 rebounds, 2.3 dimes, one steal, and two triples. And if you remember back, Ty Lue said when Paul George gets back, if he even comes back at all, he was saying Coffee would maintain a starting spot. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to have as much upside when Paul George is taking 30 shots, but Coffee's making a lot of noise, and you gotta you got to have him everywhere. And I think Kennard's in that same boat. We can hit on him in a second, too. Yeah, you said that Coffee's making a lot of noise. I was, I was hoping you were going to have some sort of Coffee talk or – coffee shop pun in there <laughs> didn't really Mandatory. work out but he had that i was gonna look it up but it's, it's not worth looking up he had that one game because he was he, he kind of got hot and then we were all or i was on twitter like coffee's the pickup like you got to get him right now and everybody picked him up and then he had like a super dud 
maybe a couple games ago, Jonas. You see it? Yeah, it was on January 23rd versus the Knicks. He had two points in 18 minutes. He got dumped after that a ton. Yeah. But I didn't drop him. I stayed. You got you to gotta stick this one out. So for those of you that stuck with him, it's paying off. He, he may still be available in your league even. And I think Luke Kennard's in the same boat. I think both of those guys, they're two of the better pickups options that are out there probably this week. The Clippers' schedule isn't the best. They go 3-3-3 three, three, three for the next three weeks. But you know what? The All-Star break's coming. I don't really think anybody's schedule is is tremendous over those three weeks. And, and actually, one of those three-game weeks, February 14th, almost most of our teams only played one or two games that week. So that's actually a, a good week for them. So I'm, I'm all in on a Coffee and Canard, the law firm. And as for that... Paul George notion, we mentioned earlier this week that ESPN's Brian Windhorst had a report that Paul George could opt for elbow surgery. So, I mean, we don't even, it's not even guaranteed that we will see him again this season. And I think if you're looking at these two guys, if you're, you know, it's not likely that you've got Coffee and Kennard both on your waiver wire, but if you were making that choice for me, and I think, I assume for you guys, Coffee's a priority just for the assists, if nothing else. I mean, 19, 6, and 5 in his last game. So, you know, Coffee has a little bit more of a versatile fantasy skill set as Steve yeah. has departed. Jonas, he's gone. Real quick, he's looking for his reading glasses probably. But real quick, on Paul George, Brian Windhorst did say that he's going to offer surgery, but I think that's a lot of speculation too. Like if Kawhi Leonard is truly coming back before the playoffs, as they think, I think they're going to bring Paul George back in a reasonable time frame too. One more thing, that when they asked Nicholas Batum, that shocked him. He said we could have Kawhi and George back in March. Uh, Batum talks to them every day. I kind of lean towards the Batum side of things here, but we'll have to see. But Batum was shocked that they would be coming back. No, Batum was shocked when they when he heard the reports that they'd be opting for surgery or that Kawhi wasn't coming back. Batum said we could get both those guys back in March for all we know. And Batum talks to them every day, right? Gotcha. Yeah, team doctor Nicholas Batum. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not with. I'm not on board with Batum. I, I was Steve's Brian never... Batum over Brian Windhorse, basically. Brian Windhorse basically was the the LeBron follower for like Windy? five years. So I don't really know if he has these sources. So I don't know. Steve's never trusted Batum as a as a source yeah. though when it comes to injuries. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think we're gonna see Kawhi or I don't I don't think we're gonna see either one of them this season, but I could be wrong. Maybe in the playoffs. Either way. Either way, looking like a healthy runway for both of those guys. Right. Let's talk Pacers centers next. Goga Batadze and Isaiah Jackson are on your list, Jonas. What have you seen? And second part of this question, with DeMontis Sabonis now questionable for Friday, what are you expecting once Sabonis is back? Okay, so the initial reaction of people is going to be, let's drop Goga, he's finished, right? I think that's going to be a huge mistake. We are, what are we? Two weeks from the deadline now, less than two weeks. I think it's February 10th, if 10th. I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah, 10th. Like, if you can hold on 10 days, just stick with Goga. I mean, he had some nice stat lines. Obviously, the blocks weren't there, but that's usually yeah. his bread and butter. So imagine what he did in that last four-game stretch, the points, rebounds, and assists, and then you add the blocks onto it that he's normally good for. And we're looking at a fancy monster. Just this morning, where we heard that Miles Turner is progressing faster than they thought, too. That's huge because that means the Pacers will be able to trade him, right? Miles Turner is considered good as gone. Teams just want to see if he's actually healthy. I think he's gone. Um, Sabonis, I'm I'm on the fence. Uh, the only team I can see trading for him is the Sacramento Kings for like a Fox deal or something like that. But either way, the Pacers have already played Goga next to Sabonis. He played 11 minutes next to him back on 
think it was January 23rd or something like that. Uh, and then he played just three minutes total the next game against the small ball Lakers. But they are open to the Twin Tower lineup. So I actually think holding Goga here is the play this close to deadline. I like that take, Jonas. Because I, I I do think Bo- Goga is going to take a huge hit if if and when Sabonis comes back. But like you said, the trade deadline's getting here. This is a team, the Pacers, their last two games, they got beat by the Pelicans, which nobody really should be getting beat beaten by the Pelicans. And then... The Hornets dropped 158 on them, 158 points, wow. franchise record, the most points the Pacers have ever given up. Like, it's just a joke. Like, they need to blow that thing up and blow it up fast. So I, I think Goga's a good hold. To me, Isaiah Jackson's, like, luxury stash. But yeah, he needs injuries to make it to make it happen, I think. So I, I, I'm not afraid to play Jackson right now in like DFS, but I'm I, I'm not really looking to pick him up somewhere. Yeah. Do you think Rick Carlisle is having a good time this season? Uh, he's enjoying himself, right? Did you guys see his facial reaction last game? He had his hands in his face for like a good six minutes straight, barely looked up at the court. It was hilarious, <laughs> dude. That guy hates his life right now. I feel bad for him. By the but way... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. yeah. You're going to talk about Isaiah. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to talk about Isaiah too. Isaiah, probably a top five player in terms of just pure block rate. Really, really a strong jumper, vertical leap, long arms. His college blocks were absolutely phenomenal. So like him a lot. And the thing about it is even if Sabonis stays past the deadline, the Pacers are a bottom of the barrel team. They're probably going to dial Sabonis back big time if he's still there. So I still think they can play Jackson and Goga a ton down the stretch. So mm-hmm. I agree with Doc that Isaiah Jackson's probably the lesser of the two right now. But in a month from now, I think they're both going to be must-roster players. Pacers go 4-3-2 next three weeks. And then 1-0 after that. We're just straight down <laughs> straight down the line. Uh, <laughs> they may just shut the whole thing down after that. Yes. As for Isaiah Jackson, so 3% rostered in the blowout loss on Wednesday. 17 points, 4 boards, 2 dimes with a steal, a block, and a triple. This is a guy who I think we can all see. Like We probably should just be stashing him right now. If you have the luxury of being patient, just pick him up now if you have a bench spot. It's going to require some patience. As Steve likes to say, my teams are too good for that. But I can see it. He should be picked up. I think he. I think there's. He's a real lottery ticket for the second half. Absolutely, Jonas. Where do you want to take it next? We have. A, we with the road kind of goes multiple directions here. There, there's about four yeah. or five options. Your call. This was the hardest week because it's kind of like the week before the huge pickups are here because then we have a concrete idea of who's probably going to get moved and who probably isn't. So I want to go towards Nick Claxton because he is just returning from a hamstring injury. He just sat last game for maintenance. Uh, I think they're going to start ramping him up big time. LaMarcus Aldridge is fading a little bit. They kind of want to dial his minutes back. Kevin Durant's still out at least three, four more weeks. I think Claxton is going to get big run. And I wanted to pull up a recent stretch he had. Let's see here. Yeah, so from from December 14th to January 9th, Claxton was a fourth-round fantasy value in a 10-game stretch. He averaged 13.6 points. 6.7 rebounds, 1.4 dimes, one steal, and 1.7 blocks, and only 27.4 minutes. So that workload is definitely attainable. So he's only 30% rostered right now as we're speaking, too. So if he's on your waiver wire, I'd go grab him right now because he's about to start hitting some some serious value again. I actually just dropped Claxton in a league because, you know, my teams are are so good that I have to cut great players to pick pick (laughs) great players up. Um, but I, I did not want to drop Claxton, but I, I had to do it. And actually, I was looking for that, 
and instead I stumbled upon this this tidbit um, on January 26th at 3:14 a.m. and at 2:01 a.m. I picked up Luke Kennard and Amir Coffee back to back. How about that? Wow, what a morning! It's great to be alive. Is that morning or night for you, Steve? Or do you not even know? Like what? What it's time like is noon. that? What time? It's like lunch, okay. lunchtime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get random texts from Steve at like five thirty in the morning. Sometimes, like, how are you still awake? <laughs> Seriously, vampire. Yeah, I mean, I, I I am a Nick Claxton fan. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. So I did. I really didn't want to drop him, but I feel like with Lamarcus Aldridge there and just the way that Dayron has been playing, it, it still feels like they're not ready to just. It's kind of like when Jared Allen was playing for that team and they just never given enough minutes for him to really succeed. And now we've seen how good Jared Allen can be with minutes. I think that's what's going to happen to Claxton. I just don't know if it's going to happen this year. I think we're now into the portion of big guys who put up pretty awesome numbers on a permanent basis. So let's go to Atlanta where Clint Capella is back, but Onyeka Kongwu is still trying Jonas to be fantasy relevant, even in a backup role. Yeah, so Anyeka's minutes have been down. He's, I think it was like 18, 16, and 19 last three. But even then, that was still enough for mm-hmm. him to do a little bit of damage. Even in the last game, in just 19 minutes, he had a career-high 18 points. God, this guy is so good. Seven rebounds, two assists, and a steal as well. And I pulled up an interesting stat, too. Atlanta's struggling on, dip- on the defensive side of things all season, as you guys know. Um, but opponents shoot 37% at the rim when Anyeka is a defender. That is just completely unheard of like what he's doing is insane we saw what he did against Carl Anthony Towns Towns shot one of eight against him he kept Giannis from getting to the rim he is just a complete defender and for that reason I still think a timeshare is within reach for him especially when you consider Capella's looked a step slow and yeah you know Bob and I talked about okay uh on Yuka a lot yesterday on the podcast and I was I was kind of like laying the groundwork for doesn't it kind of suck that Capella's around to block Kongwu from just dominating, going off? And Bob's like, hold on, man. He's like, a Kongwu is a kid. Like, he's so young. He's only played, what, 40 or 50 NBA basketball games. Like, so It's a very small and, number. And yeah. he, his college career was cut short because of COVID. His summer was ruined because of COVID. He had sh- shoulder surgery that delayed his return. So there's all those things. So we're talking about a guy who's only 40, 40 games into his career and he's already this good. Cause it, you talk about somebody who passes the eye test. If you watch the Hawks play and watch a defend around the rim and around the basket, like he's, he's custom built for a coach like Nate McMillan because McMillan will not double team a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and the Kong would just shut him down. So, and, and, you know, Bob was also saying that having Capella and Okongwu around to make this late season run and try to make it to the playoffs is a good thing because you can really mix and match those guys as far as matchups go. If you, if you want to get out and run with somebody, you can go Okongwu. If you want to, you know, play a slower style and get rebounds, you can play Capella. So I think there's room for both of them. I'm sorry that I talked about this for so long. I just realized that I haven't stopped talking in like 10 minutes. It was not as long as you think, Steve. But So the last seven games for a Kongwu, and some of those I believe were games Capella missed, 10.7 points, 6.3 boards, 0.7 steals, 2.1 blocks in 24 minutes. And that is like the number, right, Jonas, that we're just hoping, can he get 20 plus, 24 minutes is yep. all we ask, 65 games from Dr. G58, who, by the way, is just on it today. He's played 65 games. 65 games. 40-something, yep. 65 
you know, 20, margin of error of 20. As long as it's all less than 82, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's not a full season. So speaking of being good enough to roster in a lot of places because of permanent production, let's say hello to Brandon Clark Jonas. Yeah, so he actually had a couple of duds here and there, but I want to see over the last 10 games, I would imagine he's still in that top 90 range. And there's one more key thing here. They've been playing Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five a lot more lately. And I know you guys noticed Jaron block Jaron Jackson Jr. is averaging like 3.2 blocks or less month. So yeah, they yeah, love that useful. Clark. Yeah, they love that Clark JJJ combo up front these days. And in the last month, what is Clark's minutes at now? He is at 22.5 minutes and he's a sixth rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all he has to do is hang around that 23, 24 minute mark. And Clark's going to be that glue guy to in your roster. He's not going to win your matchups, but he's going to get you high field goal percentage, blocks, steals, rebounds, about eight or nine points. So Clark's just the ultimate glue guy. It's a good way to put it. He's not going to win your league. He's not going to win your matchup, but he'll hold things together to give you a shot to do that, you know? And it kind of reminds me of his his teammate, Slow Mo, is sort of that way too. Like he's kind of a glue guy where you just, patch up a hole in your lineup with him and, and hope for the best. The Clippers go 3-3-2. Three, three, Grizzlies. Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies go 3-3-2. Three, three, you still, you still got coffee and canard on the brain. Yeah, I do. I do. The, the Grizzlies go 3-3-2, three, three, and the Hawks go 4-3-2. We did not mention that with the Kongwu. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of been on the Brandon Clark. I've had him on a couple teams for for. Most of the season, really, a couple a month anyway. Mm-hmm. He's he's solid. And the last thirteen games, going back to the final game of December for Clark, thirteen points per game. So he can maybe even outdo that eight or nine. Jonas uh, six point seven boards, zero point seven steals, one point six blocks in just twenty three minutes. And I don't think we're going to see more minutes, but I don't think we need more minutes. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm cool with twenty three, twenty four. That's all I need. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, the, given the scarcity of blocks, this is a guy who's thirty five percent rostered. So. Check the old waiver wire there. Now we're transitioning. I'm trying to keep this thematic. We're transitioning now to guys who are going to benefit from the starter being out. And I want to talk about the Heat and Kyle Lowry being out due to personal reasons. It is unclear when he'll return. I think he's going to miss his sixth straight game on Friday due to personal reasons. Gabe Vincent, 14% rostered, is playing pretty well, Jonas. He's not putting up Lowry numbers, but he's more than serviceable. Yeah, we can't speculate as to why Lowry's gone because even the Heat reporters don't know, so we'll just leave it at that. So, But Gabe Vincent, still widely available, and he's actually pretty solid when he starts this year. He's at 12.7 points, 4.8 dimes, 2.7 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 2.3 triples. So very, very interesting player. Another on that same line is... Max Struss with, uh, or is it Struess or Struss? What, what do we agree on? Struess. Struess. Jimmy Butler is questionable again. So Jimmy Butler might miss his 97th game of the month. That guy can just, cannot play two games in a row. It's it's sad, honestly. So keep an eye on Struess as well. But Gabe Vincent with Lowry out has been so, so reliable. Pick him up, see where he goes from here. Yeah, I totally agree. And on a side note, props to Yahoo for making Kyle Lowry injured list eligible. A lot of times when guys are out for personal reasons. Yeah. That doesn't happen. So I, it's pretty cool. You can at least stash him on your IL or else it'd be a lot more painful to deal with this absence. And you're right. Gabe Vincent's a lock for me right now. I mean, if you want to put him in any DFS lineup, you can. I mean, he's reliable. And and as far as Struess and Tyler Hero go, anytime Jimmy B's not playing, those two guys are money. Meanwhile, Gordon Hayward is in protocols. Before that, he had a foot injury. So I think Cody Martin is back in our lives. 
also 14% rostered. The same number as Gabe Vincent on Wednesday, 11 points, three boards, three assists with a steal and two blocks and two triples, Jonas. Yeah, he's not exactly a score. He had single digit points in his last, sorry, his previous six games. So it's actually interesting because Cody was considered the better twin, like coming into the league. And now Kayla Martin in Miami has just been insane. So Cody Martin, not the most upside, but he can get you steals. He can get you assists and he can get you rebounds. Kind of like a poor man's Nicholas Batum in a way. And we don't really know how long Hayward's going to be out too. So definitely a low end grab, but just don't drop someone you're going to miss because this is just a short term ad probably for the all-star break. Yeah. I, I feel like Cody's like a, the glue that might hold your DFS team together. Like you find you're looking for a real cheap guy who might play a lot of minutes to, to finish out your roster. I think that's, that's what he does. Cause he's capable of having a big night, but it's going to be like three pretty boring or disappointing games. And then one big one. And, and that's, that's just the cycle that he goes in. I'm slightly higher on him than you guys are. I mean, I think when, if Hayward's out, I think he's pretty reliable, but Fair point. We have more names to hit, plus some of your questions, but first we will take a quick break. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The NFL playoffs are here, and NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you a special offer. Get 15% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout the playoffs when you use promo code PLAYOFF15. Get every tool for every game at one low price. It is easier than ever to play and wager with confidence when you have NBC Sports Edge Plus. All right, Jonas, I, I had a couple themes there. I've now run out of themes. <laughs> Where do you want to take it next? I want to mention a guy that's not necessarily a pickup right now, but definitely could be a watch list guy is Dante DiVincenzo. Grayson mm-hmm. Allen is not exactly winning people over in Milwaukee right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of favor with the coaching staff because a lot of players were asked about his thing with Caruso and none of them defended him. I thought that was kind of interesting. So Dante DiVincenzo has been a fun fancy player in the past. And honestly, since we're on the topic of Caruso, he reminds me the most of Caruso because he averages two steals per 36, just like Caruso does. He can get you three dimes. He can get you four rebounds too. So DiVincenzo had that big game with Giannis out and then played well again in his last game too. So definitely an interesting Mm -hmm. guy. Sorry, an interesting guy if he can get 25 plus minutes on this team because we saw what he did two years ago. Yeah, I know Straub's a DiVincenzo guy. We we had that conversation prior to the the previous season, I believe. Matt was like, I think Mm -hmm. DiVincenzo could be a nice little sleeper pick this year. I was like, nah, not really feeling it. it. It turned out that he was. He was pretty good. So you know, he's working his way back from this injury. It's taken him some time, but I think we're just now starting to see flashes of of who he is and what he can do. Um, it's a little bit of a log jam with Connaughton and, and Grayson Allen and all those guys there, but 
DiVincenzo is the, the better player of that group. So I, I feel like now could be a good time to get him. And uh, he might really be going off in the next 10 days. His last game was nine points, five rebounds, three assists with two steals and one triple, which I would call classic DiVincenzo. Love that. And yeah. he, pre- he preceded that with a tw- that 20-point game that you referenced, Jonas. Mm-hmm. Also, Pat Connaughton, not thrilling, does have double digits in four of his last five and 15 threes total in his last five games. He's 24% rostered. DiVincenzo's 11% rostered. Yeah, and teams have been calling about um, Connaughton, too, according to multiple reports by Woj, Zach Lowe, all those guys. Apparently, Connaughton's just like the hot name on the market right now, but I don't think the Bucks are moving him. Steve, you got a comment on these guys? What, what do you, we got a big grin on your face. Well, <laughs> What's going I was on? in the middle of typing on my phone, and you're like, Steve? And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're still talking about the Bucks or if we've moved on to Nasir Little. Phones I, down. I, Phones down during the show, Steve. No texting. We're not chatting. We're not texting during the show. Please. I don't have any comment. Okay. Steve actually is right back to it, Jonas. So I guess we'll just continue. Davion Mitchell landed back on your radar. Jonas, has he ever actually left your radar? Not necessarily. I actually was going to bring him up next, too, as well. <laughs> he actually has a big opportunity here because Terrence Davis doesn't have a timetable, mm-hmm. so he could be out a while. Darren Fox is still nursing the ankle injury. There's no indication if he'll be he'll be back soon. And Mitchell's coming off a 20-point game, too. I also went into the NBA player impact thing where you can take off a player off the court. So I took De'Aaron Fox off the court. And in that, in that stretch, Mitchell has a per 36 line of 15 points, 5 dimes, 3.3 rebounds. 0.9 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 1.8 triples. So he's ba- he basically becomes a top 75 player when Fox isn't on the court. And that's big for a reason because trade deadline's coming up and everyone not named Halliburton is apparently on the trade block, according to multiple Kings reporters. So Nice. Um, oh, I just got... I think, see, Matt, you got me on, on question detail. I'm reading the question. I just got distracted. Now I, I'm totally lost what I was going to say. All right. I was. I mean, I'll say this. I just can't. I can't do two things at once. If you put it on the, if you put it on the teleprompter, Burgundy's going to read. Steve, it. this is all because you picked up your cell phone. All right, me f- no, phone yeah. down when we're eating dinner and when we're doing the podcast. We've talked about this. <laughs> By the way, so D- Davion Mitchell. Now he did have that twenty point six dime four three game. That was against the Hawks. It was a homecoming game. He was fired up determined to put on a show in that game you could see it but with that said he has had some other good games recently so i think he's intriguing and especially if you go into it kind of with eyes open like does he have the hugest ceiling no but i think those numbers you laid out jonas are kind of a nice realistic best case scenario for him so i like that what's next for and fox go ahead yeah fox didn't fox didn't play in that game and and like jonas mentioned earlier i think he mentioned earlier or i'll mention it De'Aaron Fox's name just keeps coming up in, in trade rooms. The Kings seem like they're ready to blow up that squad. So, and, and really, the only two guys on that team that if I were the Kings, I would be interested in keeping around would be Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. So I, I think we could see a big second half from Davion Mitchell. I know KJ Martin was on your list, Jonas. He's had a couple good games in a row. Do we think this is sustainable, the start of something sustainable, or are we kind of doomed to like random peaks and valleys with KJ Martin? Yeah, so like you just said, we're going to see random peaks and valleys for now. So the big thing with KJ Martin is this is probably a guy we stash the day of the deadline too, right? So Christian Wood is on the trade block. Eric Gordon's on the trade block. The Rockets are seeking a late round first for Gordon. I don't think they get that. But for Wood, I think they move him, right? Bargain bin salary for his production. Uh, Several teams want him. We've seen the Dallas Mavericks. We've seen the Warriors. And we've seen especially the Miami Heat. 
um, all going after Christian Wood. So if he's moved, that's 34 minutes available. Sangoon's going to pick up some of them. Uh, they're not going to play Daniel Tice in the lost season. So I think the rest of them goes to KJ Martin. And like we said last, sorry, last several shows, KJ Martin last season during the silly season was a top 80 player, blocks, steals, rebounds, good percentages, only plays around the rim. So high field goal percentage too. So love this kid. Probably stash him the day of the deadline. You'll be fine. Yeah, I like that. I like that advice about day of the deadline stash because I don't think you want to mess with him right now. But he's not a bad guy, especially in deeper leagues, to, to grab in case something big happens in Houston, which it should. Thirteen and a half points, six rebounds, two and a half assists, two steals in twenty eight minutes over his last two games. Just so, just a kind of hint of what he can offer, and he's just four percent rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. All right. Jonas, I'm toward the end. I know there's like a bunch of names left. Maybe we can whittle it down to just a small handful of guys you feel like we have to mention before we move on to some viewer questions. Yeah, I can mention Otto Porter super fast because he just qualified 40% rostered. Last four games has been mid-round player. Draymond Green, still no timetable. And they're starting to veer off of Kaminga a little bit. I don't know why. I think I thought Kaminga was really, really strong in those few games. So Kevin Looney, low-end ad. More than likely, I'm not too interested though. Tory Craig, God, we've reached the Tory Craig portion of the Indiana season. If that doesn't <laughs> ring alarm bells, then I don't know what will. Man, one more name though. Melton has played well in his last three. I'm scared to jinx him, but my wife came into my office, patted me on the back, and said the D'Anthony Melton era is over. So it's it's tough times here in the Nader household, but I still believe. I had one more name as well. I'm trying to think who it was. Well, I'll just say I'll say on, Oh, okay. I'll just say on Tory yeah. Craig though. You you said Vassell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just hold that thought. I'll just say on Tory Craig. I was looking it yeah. up because I'm thinking to myself, we're not really adding Tory Craig, are we? But he's 10% rostered and in his last five games. You're looking at around 10.5 points, 6.5 boards, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.83s in 31 minutes. I mean, he's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It just seems like Rick Carlisle wants to play uh, players who aren't going to drive him crazy, maybe. Yeah. Best guess. Props to uh, to. Props to Tory Craig for picking up his first ejection in his uh, 10-year career the other day. Wow. Congratulations. Big milestone. So you wanted to talk about Vassell for a second, I think, Jonas. Yeah, and also on Vassell, we talk about Vassell every week, so I don't want to hit the highlights there again. But Zach Lowe of ESPN said today that Derek White is suddenly a name he's hearing in trade rumors too. So you take Derek White out of that equation, you put Vassell next to Jonte Murray, you have a top 60 player probably on your hands. So that's exciting. And Vassell's been playing really well lately, too. Like, mm-hmm. we, we told people to pick him up a few weeks ago, and I think that, that if you did, he, he's playing well for you. And I'll also say a priority watch list guy remains Kessler Edwards, who's 6% rostered, 37 minutes on Wednesday, didn't do a ton. Again, he's not he's not really scoring enough for me to run and add him in leagues, but 9.6 rebounds, two blocks in those 37 minutes. He's a guy who's consistently on the floor, can get steals and blocks. So I think we're just watching him to look for maybe an increase in usage, opportunity, et cetera. At the moment, he's like a deeper league option, I think. Steve, you got any viewer questions lined up for us? Yeah. Were you able to do that? I mean, I do. Okay. I do. I've, All right. I've been on this. Like, as, I, as I slept through the entire Davion Mitchell conversation, yeah. I, I was able to find some questions. So, you know, it's a give and take situation. Good, Good. we'll you take know, it. You, okay, here we go. Is that right? Beal roast. Beal, Beal roast. Yeah. What's the word on Io and Kobe White? Are they worth holding? Each has had three duds in their last four games. Jonas, you want to go first? I'll start with Ao. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ao is a strong hold. 
if you take out the couple of no, even if you include the few duds he's had, he's still in early round territory over his last seven games. There's, no one's expecting him to keep shooting 75%. So those duds were expected. Still getting a ton of minutes. Look, that's all I care about. 40, 38, 39, 39, 40, 38. Like, are you kidding yep. me? Where else are you going to find that except for New York these days? So as for Kobe White, more of a three-category player. If you really need points, threes, and assists, sure. If you need anything else, he's not your guy. I'm going to go down with the ship with Io. Like, I'm not dropping that kid, and I'm riding him till the end. And, you know, the reason his shooting percentage is so high is because he broke Orlando Woolridge's 1937 record of most makes in a row by a Bulls rookie. I think it was, he made his first nine shots of that game. And it was it was like more like 1983, four, somewhere in there. But anyway, I was awesome. And Kobe White should be fine. I mean, we got to you got to remember Caruso's gone for a long time and Alonzo Ball's gone for a long time. So those guys. Both of these guys are going to have to play a ton of minutes. It may be a bit of a roller coaster ride, but I think both of them are going to going to come out on top by the time it's over. And remember, one of those duds for for Io was a five point five rebound, six assist game with a steal and a and a three. So if that's your dud, that's pretty useful. And we're just one game removed from that twenty four point five rebound, eight assist game with a block and four threes. So yeah, he was frustrating on wednesday night but i'm with you guys we gotta stick with him dav 2099 what's the if brandon ingram is a shutdown candidate yes and a guy that we have not talked about today and i'm kind of surprised that we haven't yet so i'm glad this question was asked is Nikhil alexander walker who was dropped in every league imaginable after disappearing for a month he was on a milk carton this is i gotta read that second half of this question Brandon Ingram, a shutdown candidate, NAW worth rostering, and I assume this is a typo, one-team roto. But, Steve, I know that's something you and I could get into, a one-team league. We should talk about this. Oh, I hope he wins his league. Yeah, Maybe we, we should Maybe we should do a one-man. We should draft. talk about the possibility of doing a one-team league with Brian Rosenworcel and just see what kind of roster we can put together. <laughs> if you don't win, you can retire from that. Yeah, if you don't – yeah, exactly – yeah, somehow you're not winning one of the categories. As far as this question goes, uh, though, times. it's legit because Brandon because the Pel- Pelicans are terrible. Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. we all know what he can do. There's no reason to run him out there every night and risk his future if there's nothing to play for this year. So I, I think he's totally a legit shutdown candidate. And the whole reason that I was high on the Keel Alexander Walker and other people were too is because over his last 13 games of last season, the ultimate silly season explosion occurred, and he just went nuts. And it looked like he was going to start this year. It looked like he was going to be a feature player on the team. It just didn't work out that way. But I don't know if anybody's got his game log pulled up, but his last few games, he's he's been making some noise, right? Yeah, on Tuesday, we're talking 37 minutes and 31 points, four rebounds, five assists, a block, and five threes on 11 for 22 shooting. Now, the entire Pelicans roster almost sat out that game. (laughs) But, okay, and and that's what you're talking about, Steve. That that could easily be the scenario that's happening in March and April for NAW where he could be, you know, option one or two for this team when things inevitably get silly. So, yeah, is he worth rostering in a one-team league? (laughs) Yes, but I would say in like a 12-team or two, I would. He's been added. His Yahoo roster ship has gone up fifteen percent recently. He's up to fifty-seven. I was looking at him in some of my shallower leagues where he was on the wire and trying to find room for him. I couldn't because my teams are incredible. But 
I mean, I I think he's definitely a priority. Dude, I can't wait to I can't wait to see the reviews on, on for this podcast. People are gonna be like, yeah, I, I tuned in and they were talking about it like a one man league. Like these guys are idiots. Who plays in a one man league? <laughs> Jonas, do you have any thoughts on the Pelicans? The only uh, concern with Nikhil Alexander Walker is he's gonna go four of thirty nine most games. So say goodbye to your field goal percentage. Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, not he can't hit free throws either, and he turns the ball over. Almost every possession, too. So, just but other keep than that, you love him. Yeah, other yeah. than that, you know, <laughs> other than that, I by all him, means, yeah. in a one-man league, sure, why not? <laughs> and one more thing, too: the Pelicans are two games out of the play-in spot, and they're resting Jonas Valanciunas. If they wanted that play-in spot, they do not rest Valanciunas there. So, yes, a shutdown is coming. They are what four losses away from the Thunder, who are in 14th. They want a high pick this year because they know Zion most likely is not coming back. So they need a high-level prospect to pair with Zion or Ingram, or they're probably going to have to deal with some Zion, I want out of here tweets. Wow. The the lower portion of the West is horrible. Mm-hmm. 18 and 29, and they're two games yeah. out of the plan. That is wild that is stuff. Crazy. That is crazy. And, and additionally, speaking of the West, how about our guy Andrew Wiggins making the All-Star team as a starter? Are you kidding me? I voted for him. Amazing. Amazing. There was a, I think it was a San Francisco Chronicle had a story. There have been a few different public stories about this, or at least one about how like a K-pop star tweet helped make that happen potentially. Mm. Because retweets count. If the retweet has a hashtag in it and the player's name, I believe, the right hashtag, like it counts as a vote. So anyways, like a K-pop star tweeted something about Wiggins because he's like a Warriors brand ambassador and it, wow. it got all this traction apparently. So well, you guys remember uh, Zaza Pachulia? So the, the entire country of Georgia was tweeting for Zaza Pachulia, and he almost made it that one year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but Zaza Pachulia was almost an all-star starter one year. The the Twitter hashtag rules seem like it, they're a mysterious – I don't know. They're, they're very important, but they're also – I don't think they're very well-defined unless you really – Dig in and yeah. do do your own research. It's not very easy to figure out how to use hashtags the right way. Anyway, uh, Jason Dricky or whatever. Can you guys talk about Portland now that Nasir Little is done for the season and what is going on with Damian Lillard? Is he going to return? I kind of glad we're talking about this too because I would like to pour one out for my my man Nasir Little. I had him on several teams. He was my guy, so I'm pretty sad that that uh the run is over for him he was he was playing well and he was like a like an old school Gerald Gerald Wallace kind of guy just did a little bit of everything yeah as far as I like mean Gerald Wallace is a fan Gerald Wallace is a fantasy god don't please don't just throw that name around Steve yeah. idly one of the all-time fantasy. favorite fantasy players yeah. of mine Gerald Man, Wallace is the reason I got into fantasy because I live in dude. Charlotte area I watched I was watching all the Bobcats games back in the day dude. him and captain Steven Jackson dude that was so much fun dude. so they good man what a beast he was when he was right yeah. and had the right role so much yes. fun all-time favorite player thank you for bringing up his name Steve but please be careful you can't just throw around these comparisons <laughs> well gerald gerald wallace was kind of a bad man and that was what was cool about gerald wallace is he wasn't like an nba superstar like a casual nba fan didn't probably know who gerald wallace was but if you played fantasy you knew exactly who he was like it, that was yeah that was sort of what defined him so hats off to gerald wallace anyway as far as nasir little being out i don't know that anybody is going to like step up in his place and, and just go off i think there's there's guys on that team like ben Ben McLemore and CJ Ellaby's 
somewhat interesting. I, did, I didn't pull up their depth chart before I did this. Yeah, so L- LB is interesting. So, I think. so I'm looking at their box score from I think Wednesday. They lost by 20. I mean, Tony Snell got 28 minutes, which you're not going to chase that in fantasy leagues, and you hope that doesn't continue. Macklemore got 22 minutes, had nine points. That would be a name I guess I'd file away in a deeper league. LB had a good game you know, relatively speaking in that blowout loss, seven, five and five with a steal, a block and a triple. So maybe, but again, he got 20 minutes in a blow. And now he's doubtful with a leg injury, okay, by the way, so, just now. Yeah. I think we're just watching here, honestly, in a standard size league. And, yeah. and it's a, it's a watch the next few games situation. I don't think there's a run and add situation for me, at least. For, for Portland, if they're sellers at the deadline, whatever young player they get back in a trade is immediately interesting. We'll put it that way. And I just think it means more run for C.J. McCollum and Norman Powell and Robert Covington, probably. I mean, I, mean, I think those guys in Macklemore and Ellaby are all going to you know, fill the hole that is left by Little. But I don't know that any of them are going to do enough that you want to run out and pick up Ellaby right now. But I, I am curious about Ellaby. Like, I'll put him in a DFS lineup maybe, and I, I want to watch Portland – the next few games to see how they do. And Covington has hurt right now too, by the way. So the injury, yeah. a lot up in the air. Do we have any predictions on Damian Lillard? Is he going to play again this season? Yes or no, Jonas? If he wants to trade, he'll play again. If he doesn't, he'll sit down and then come back next year at full strength. That's my prediction anyway. I'm going with no. I don't think we're going to see him. I think I'd air toward no. But I, as I said the other day on the podcast, I don't, I'm not I'm not trading him away in a fantasy league and getting some, you know, half-baked player back. I'm I'm basically just keeping him and hoping right. that hoping that the best case scenario happens however remote that may be. I think we did it. Sweet. I think we did it, guys. That will do it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are here Monday through Friday every week here during the regular season. Make sure to check out the NBC Sports Edge slash Roto World Player news page for updates throughout the weekend. And check out Jonas's waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us. Steve, Jonas, thanks to you both. Enjoy your weekend, gentlemen. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.